Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm right here, folks, man. I got this, yeah. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We're happy to have you here. We're coming at you today on a Wednesday night. We got the full usual slate now because Parker went AWOL. We got the Koritz brothers, Danny and Kobe. Also, little twist up. They're in the same room tonight. Boys, how are we? Doing well. Happy St. Patrick's Day to all our listeners. Hopefully the luck of the Irish feeds into this weekend. I hope so, too. Green and drinking green. What are you? What green are you drinking? Stella Artois? Yeah, Stella Artois. I saw it coming. So we're getting the buzz on. I'm loving to see it. Um, starting off, we're going to do a quick recap from last week's card. Last week's card overall was a little bit underwhelming with the two no contests, but the fights that did go, uh, they went. So let's talk about our third star, um, and that was... Curtain jerker, Mr. Matthew Semmelsberger. The curtain jerker, Mr. Matthew Semmelsberger, the guy who Danny gave everyone the tip to play and then ended up not playing. It's a tough one when it works out like that. I just checked my last week's notes. It's the only play I had written down on Wednesday, and it's ended up not seeing my card. It's a tough look. But 16 seconds in round one was all it took for him. Counter right hand, absolutely beautiful. Used his reach incredibly. That one was over right when it started. No, it was. And that was, that was one where I, you were right about being outclassed, and especially with the size. And Senselberger looked good. Like, he looked poised there. Like, even before the finish, I was like – I'm feeling really good about that play. Nice job, Danny. Um, so, yeah, well-deserving the third star, without a doubt. Um, our second star is going to Davey Grant, a guy that we all marked off last week. Every one of us was, was not about it. Um, and he pulled up the big-time upset. Big-time upset. Great interview giver as well. So, what were your thoughts on that one? That, 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 was, a, that was one I truly did not see coming. Yeah, that, I don't think a lot of people saw it coming. That was a tale of two different rounds. Uh, Martinez was piecing him up in the first. I think he even dropped him. Almost had an opportunity for a finish. And then Davey Grant, just in the second, had that absolutely beautiful hook. Overhand left, and that was all she wrote for Martinez. Yeah, it was. And that was the biggest dog to cash on the card. But it was a big dog nonetheless. I think Davey Grant might have closed even in the plus 300s. It was close. Danny, you said it uh, – did you end up taking Martinez in a parlay of some sort? Or? I did. I did. And that, that cost yeah. me. But, uh, it is what it is. Plus it, 250 underdog in that spot. Plus 250. Yeah. So big cash for him there. And I truly didn't see that one coming. So another guy well-deserving of his second star. Usually a big upset like that might be star number one, but it's impossible to do that when that featherweight bout went the way it did. And the lock of the week, Danny Gay, 22 seconds in, maybe his first punch he threw and right on the button dropped uh Gavin Tucker to the mat right right to the canvas oh yeah that one was short that one was sweet and that one was green Danny gave the yeah. fight and turned out all of our nights around so that car that fight to me I thought was a gross low line for a guy like Danny when I mean, you look at the caliber of talent that he fought and also the the spot that he was in, I just really didn't feel like Gavin Tucker was close to him anywhere. And the line did steam up to like the minus one sixties for Danny, but opening when we did our set, the spread, it was like one thirty or last week's pot. It was one thirty. crazy. Uh, so deservedly. So got the performance of the night bonus for that. Dan 50 yeah. lives up to his name. 
Uh, Absolutely. He's a bonus and I think his past three victories. Reasonably so too. He's a, he's a badass man and good everywhere. And I'm excited to see where he goes. Cause I think he can make a very good run in that division. Um, a couple honorable mentions as well. A guy who busted a lot of money for us, Ryan Spann with a KOTKO. I don't know about you guys. I, I chalk that up to more of a knock on Sirkinov than it is like, wow, this Ryan Spann guy is dangerous. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That one was not how I thought it was going to go. Uh, it, it seems like I'm on the wrong side of Ryan Spann every time he fights. Yeah. But- it's easy to do because he, you never know what Ryan Spann's going to show up. It's going to be the Ryan Spann that actually looks like someone who can make a run or the Ryan Spann where you're like, how was this man in the UFC? And there's no in-between. Uh, so, yeah, that's where well deserving an honorable mention. Then the other honorable mention that I really am a fan of is the Air Jordan fight. That fight was, in my – I think that – do you know what one fight of the night? Because it should have been or could have been that one for sure. Rojo is an absolute – fucking warrior dude that man is tough as nails hung in there all the way until the final tko about 30 seconds left when he just physically couldn't stand anymore but that was a fight i was on the edge of my seat the entire time yeah it seems like all these combate americana fighters that are coming in are absolutely tough chins made of steel they'll stand right in front of you and just throw haymakers from the pocket uh and, and this was just an awesome fight an absolute slobber knocker yeah it really was and so like we were saying, there were a lot of cancellations and no contests and just overall not the most exciting names on this on this card. But you get a Semselberger flash KO. You get a – where else was it? You get a, uh, a Honey Yaya submission in the second round. You get a Charles Jordan KO, TKO. Then you get another flash KO by Ryan Spann, another flash KO by Danny Gay, a KO finish out of Davey Grant. Um, so all in all, although the card didn't look spectacular, it ended up outperforming my expectations. In my and to answer your question from a second ago, there was no fight of the night, four performance bonuses, Ige, Grant, Semselberger, and Ryan Spann. All well-deserving in my opinion. Um, all quick finishes and just shows what – how many good fights there were on the card that a fight of the night didn't get it. Cause there's just too many good performances. So you love to see it moving along. We're getting into news and notes. We actually have a decently a longer news and notes than usual. Danny, I know you're the woge of the MMA world these days. What are, what are we looking at for news and notes? Well, I guess we'll start off with the biggest one. We got a huge announcement for uh pay-per-view, the, not the next, not the next one, not 260, but UFC 261 that was previously headlined by the double women's title fights in the Roseway Lee and the Valentina Andrade. Uh, now those will be co-mains with Usman Masvidal 2 coming in over the top to sell out the pay-per-view and also sell out the arena. We've got fans back in attendance for the first time since that Brasilia event uh, a year ago almost. Almost to the yeah. March. I'm, I cannot wait for that fight card. I wish we could be in attendance. It's in Florida, right? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. So anyone worth making their drive, it's definitely worth it. Those Florida guys don't give a fuck about no chin diapers. I love it. What else do we got for news and notes? Paulo mm-hmm. Costa's gone. Usman's going to be in Ngannou's corner too. That is. That is. Really? Yeah. Oh, probably because they expect uh, it to hit the mat. That is some absolute nightmare news for Stipe. And yeah, for sure. For sure. I just, I don't see 
like everyone sees the same thing. They're like, I don't see how Stipe is going to evade him again. It's a different Nganu. But at the same time, it's like, how can you bet the guy who just lost against like the goat heavyweight? I don't see how it's possible to make that bet. But that's coming up, what, not this week, next week? Ten days. Wow. So buckle up, boys. We're going to have an exciting set the spread coming up as well. And last thing on Usman Masvidal before we leave it. I I talked to Danny about it already yesterday, so I don't want to leave you out of the loop, Reese. But that one opened up. You want to take a guess before I, I disclose the line? Usman, Usman minus 340. Minus 310. 310, I think, yeah. I think it's already seamed up a little bit, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, Usman just well, demolished him. The, to take Masvidal, right? that, that's the question. Usman demolished him the first time out. Which and is now why this is even booked. You get, Colby, you get the Usman-Colby-Covington fight that went four or five great rounds, was incredibly close. And then you compare that to the Usman Masvidal that was 50-45, absolute domination, and one of these guys gets booked a rematch and one of them doesn't? I think there's two reasons why. I think one is there's always been that excuse slash rumbling and what have you that Masvidal took it on such short notice. Corey Masvidal does not have a win since getting dominated by the champ, and now he's going to rematch the champ. Colby fought a real close fight has since gone on to win in dominant fashion against the top five in the division and gets nothing. It's definitely questionable for sure. I think that Masvidal puts butts in seats, but so does Covington. I mean, he's a goon. I don't know. We'll see. That That's interesting. I, that is something that's worth questioning. Um, and then, no, we also haven't talked about the, Oh, so we're finishing up Usman. Then Costa is out. Gastelum's in against Bob yeah, Whitaker. Costa is ill with something that's not COVID is all I know. Wine related, maybe? Who knows? It's He's pulling out, and within, I think, two hours, Kelvin stepped up and Sean Shelby booked it. And you know what? It, it's a fight, the one that got away from, I think, like three years ago or two years ago. No, no Gastelum Whitaker's happened, right? Gastelum Whitaker is happening. So no, no it's, it's scheduled, but I don't think it ever happened. Ooh, I thought it happened. I mean, that's not one I'm super like. I'm not going to be glued to my seats for that one. You know, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely less excited than I would have been for Paolo, but this is. I mean, the Robert Whitaker that we've seen in his last three matches runs through Kelvin that we've seen in his last three matches. Oh, hundred percent. It won't be close. There's just always that question that people say about Bob's chin. That's the only thing that's at question right now is, is does Gastelum sleep him before, before Whitaker can do what Whitaker's known to do? That's the only question. If we're talking main events of the next, I guess, four weeks after this week, it's Miocic and Ganu till the Tory, which I don't, I don't remember. Did we do that one already? Yeah. And then Whitaker versus um, Gastelum just replaced Costa. And then Usman. Just- so if those are the next four events. The Whitaker Gaslam is the least exciting those four. hundred percent. Also, Whitaker was a canceled bout in 2019. So it was the one that got away. Never actually saw the SAR. We never actually seen this one, but it's not one that I personally. I'm excited for it, but I guess stylistically way worse right now than it was when it got booked for Calvin. hundred percent. hundred percent. And then do we have any, oh, the Ferguson fight. Ferguson's booked with whom? Our guy, Benio Dariush, getting matched up with 
very much his toughest test to date. And Tony Ferguson, a legend. El Kukui, a guy who's as dangerous anywhere as anyone in the UFC, whether it's his back, on the fence, I mean, at, at range. I know that he got pieced up by Gaethje, but this guy is scary. This guy is a real deal. Uh, as long as he's still who he was. Gaethje kind of took that part from him. I was about to say, I wonder what type of value is that line out? I wonder what type of value we're going to find with this, because I think people are starting to sour on Ferguson, even though we still think, I still think he's a phenomenal fighter. Um, I don't think it's out, but that is an interesting uh, line that you bring up. Yeah, we could get a weird, we could get some weird value there. I wouldn't be surprised of some sort. I mean, Darius has slept on too, but like, I feel like people have a sour taste about Ferguson, even though you can't get mad. I mean, I think people underrated Oliveira. And then I love by Charles Oliveira, who probably has the best jujitsu besides Habib at 155. I He's better. I think he's better jujitsu than Habib. Habib just is better wrestling. I think Habib's jujitsu is super underrated. But that's not that it's underrated. It's just that you look at a guy like Charles Oliveira, it's like he, I think he holds the record for most submissions. I think he holds definitely in the lightweight division, he does. I mean, at this point, we're just arguing about the difference between competition jiu-jitsu and jiu-jitsu for MMA, and that's not an argument that we want to get into with 57 minutes. No, there's no point in it. Yeah, it's dead time. All right, so way to stop it before it started. Um, <laughs> so that's it for news and notes, right? Yep. Okay, cool. So this card we're going to probably fly through. We were kind of talking about it before we start hit the record button, but it's not one that I personally am, like, clamoring for. I mean, I'm going to watch it. Obviously, I'm not a psychopath, but – it's not one that I don't have. I don't have a lot of plays for it. And I don't have, a, I haven't had a, the best uh, taping week so far. Cause I haven't been too excited for a lot of these bouts. I don't know about you, but we'll start it off. We'll just move our way up the card, introduce the lines. If we don't really have much or don't see a play, we'll just keep bossing it. Um, so first fight on the main or the curtain jerker for the prelims is a woman's bantamweight bout. So Danny probably won't even watch, but it's Juliana of Avila versus Juljila Storylenko. Storlanco. Um, and the line there is minus 380 for Alvila. Storlanco plus 315. Yeah, Storlanco is the woman who made her debut on short notice against Yana Kunitskaya, which at the time wasn't as big of a deal as it is now, but that's a whole tough entrance into your UFC career. Obviously, she's getting some respect, but clearly the odds makers are not respecting her. This line is way too steep for me. I will not be playing it. I have to assume there's some value on the dog. I've said a hundred times on this podcast that women's MMA is a coin flip. Uh, The only interesting note I have about this one is I'm excited. I hope that this one enters the clinch at some point. Both these women are really decent uh, with uh, Avila throwing elbows and Stolyarenko, who's keen on throwing knees in the clinch. And so I, I would, I'm interested to see how that plays out, but this is a no bet for me. Yeah. No bet for me as well. I like what you were talking about with the value on the dog. I did see value in the dog at this one. I also weirdly see value in the over. And I know people are going to be like, well, where's the overs only sitting at 175. And I think it's steamed down because of the fact that the line's so massive. Um, you know, but I, I just, I think that there could be value there. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So with that being said, not a no play for, it sounds like both of us, but still there. Nonetheless, um, next fight up is a flyweight bout Bruno Silva versus JP buys. 
Um, and that line, and we talked about how Bize's wife is going to be on the card later. Um, and that is minus 145 for JP Bize, plus 125 for Bruno Silva. Oh, quick mention, JP Bize opened at, min- at minus 280 and has come all the way down to minus 145. Yeah, uh, I think I agree more with the open than this line, and this might end up seeing my really. Um, Bayes is making his debut after his contender series win. He got a finish uh, with a guillotine um, and seems to be an absolute great grappler. On the other hand, you've got Silva, who's 0-3 in the UFC, technically 0-2 because of a no contest because of a marijuana result from his opponent, but he got scored. Yeah. Um, no, we watched that one. That was that a short notice marijuana issue. I can't remember, but yeah. I remember the note. Yeah. And, and so the biggest thing about him for me is that he shoots like 20 takedowns a fight and has two total minutes of career control time to show for it. Uh, I, that's the problem. I see, I see Bay's catching him in a sub here, maybe another guillotine like he got in his Dana White contender series, um, match. Because I really do see Silva shooting a bunch and giving Bays his absolute best area to fight. And I don't see that. Now, going- follow-up question. Now, follow-up question. If it does stay standing, let's just say, which it sounds like from the 20 takedowns, it won't. But if it does stay standing, how do you see that playing out? Because for Bays, he fights out of Fortis. Fortis, as we know, is, has that stand-up stylist a lot with a lot of their fighters on their roster. So – does he have a disadvantage if it does say standing? Because I do see it hitting the mat as well. Um, I, I'm really not sure. I I haven't done too much taping on JP, and what I've seen, he's really just shown off his grappling. I'm not sure his, his striking prowess. But like you said, he's, he's out of a, a decent gym that has a lot of good fighters at his weight. He's getting a lot of good looks in, in training day in, day out. Saif Saud is, is as much as Florida's has taken a skid recently. Saif Saud is one of the best minds at game planning in the sport. Um, I'm sure that they've got a strategy for if this does stay on the feet. Yeah, I agree. And you have to remember as well, a lot of his wins, he's on a five fight win streak right now. And we got mounted guillotine choke. Uh, the brave FC just says win, but it was a round three stoppage. So uh, ground and pound win, ground and pound win, and guillotine win. So if Sanchez's game plan is his usual game plan to come in here and shoot, I absolutely see the same value you see Danny. And probably looks like it might see both of our cards, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Next fight up is a Bantamweight bout, Montel Jackson versus Jesse Strader. This is one where Montel Jackson always seems to be a pretty heavy do- uh, favorite, and I don't think it's going to change. I've not checked the line, though. Montel Jackson, yep, minus 650, Jesse Strader plus – uh, 475. Wow. This is, I mean, that's gotta be the biggest favorite of the, on the card, right? Yeah. It opened at 515 too, and it's still managed to move. Yeah. Uh, from the old, from the minimal things I've seen from Strader, he is making his UFC debut. Um, from what I've seen, he throws absolute bombs. Uh, he's out of combate. And we talked in the recap of last week, those combate Mexican fighters love to just stand in the pocket and exchange, throw bombs, uh, and really not take a step backwards ever. And I think that Jackson, who's more experienced, more well-rounded, a much better wrestler, and also not a bad striker in any respect, is going to have he's going to have his way with Strader. It's a, he's going to be able to piece him up on the feet. He's going to use his footwork and his movement to just avoid the bombs. 
And I think that as long as he does, he'll land a couple takedowns, win the rounds. And this one's a definitely no bet for me. That line is too steep, but I don't really see a lot of value on Strader. So I think when you have two, usually men, I know you see it with women, but when you see any professional mixed martial arts bout for the most part with a guy who has some sort of skill, not some sort of scrub, I think whenever a line's that massive, there just almost has to be value there, even if he's outclassed, because this sport is so it's different than a football game where a team's minus a thousand. It's like, they're going to roll them. You know, it's like, it's right. Two I mean, men, they are right. Going to the cage and play a game of punch face at the highest. Right. Stage. Exactly. The Sometimes one thing that. though, the one thing though, and what makes it rare is Montel Jackson for bantamweight is ginormous. He's 5'10 with 76 inch reach. I mean, that's ginormous. And so what you were saying too, is the same thing I saw is he likes to throw bombs. And I think Montel Jackson, if he uses his range or his distance control properly, I don't see how he gets in close enough to land those bombs without taking some shots of his own, you know? And so I, I don't love if I had, it's dogger pass. It's dogger pass is, is where I'm getting at. Um, I don't know if there's value if you decide to get cute with it, you know, and we just mix in like a Montel Jackson by decision or whatever. I don't know if there might be value in there. I haven't looked that deep yet, but just from the straight line, I, I don't see it. I agree. Okay, cool. Moving up the card. We actually would sound the buzzer that we still don't have, and we don't want to be annoying, but this is actually gonna be our ankle lock of the week. It's a middleweight bout against Trevin Giles versus Roman Delice. If you've listened to this podcast even once, you know where we're going with this one. It's it's not a surprise. You probably could have seen it coming going in. Kobe, what's our record on ankle lock so far? 12 and 5, good guys. 12 and 5, good guys. We don't play around here. We just won another one in 40 seconds last week. So if you just simply listen, fast forward to the ankle lock and find it, it's worth the time that you take out of your day. But this middleweight bout, we see a lot of advantages for Roman Delice, who is our ankle lock, and just sheer value alone. Uh, the 8-0 prospect at this point, the Georgian prospect is minus 130. Trevin Giles being uh, the counterpart at plus 110. Danny, you're way more familiar with Delice than I am. I've bet him and I've watched him, but you love your prospects and even more so you love your Georgians. Yeah, that's Where, yeah. exactly right. I love my Georgians. I love my – the Georgian invasion has been – Absolutely spectacular between, I mean, Marab Dabalashvili, uh, Garan Katate Ladze, Liana Joshua, uh, Roman Dolidze, obviously. I mean, th- there's so many names and they're all so skilled. Um, Dolidze has it all. He's a very much can stand and bang, but he really truly excels in the grappling department. Uh, and, and I do, I was telling Reese in the pre show, I kind of foresee him getting a sub here. And I think that's near plus 500 price. Um, Delize is absolutely a menace on the ground. Plus 540. Giles, Giles is a guy who's looking for the takedown. Giles is a guy who I've faded in the past, haven't had the most success. But I was uh, I was in the room in the building at UFC 247 when James Krause stepped on or stepped up on less than a day's notice, coming up a weight class, and almost won that fight. There was a controversy that. He, I, I had him winning on the scorecards, and one of the three judges happened to be a training partner of Trevin Giles. That's all that neither here nor there. But, um, the only worry I have really about Roman 
is he did run out of gas a little bit in his last fight versus John Allen. And that was at light heavyweight, and he's now moving to middleweight. So that could be significant. I'm, I'm wary about betting this before I see them at the face-off, before I see him make weight comfortably. That's a good note to have there. Um, the other thing, though, is if he, if he misses weight, that could bode in our advantage because it means that he basically is going to be like, I'm forfeiting this purse, but I'm going to be – significantly less depleted going into the bout and people who miss weight believe it or not actually win at, at an alarming clip uh just because size plays such a big factor in this game exactly and regardless so we'll see a bigger stronger fighter entering the cage on saturday we'll see and you'll see on our plays if if we turn south on this ankle lock but as of right now we're both pretty confident in it whether it t- hits the mat or stays standing i, I like the lead say there a lot i think 130 also is a steal of value on him where it's like if i'm not sure where it opened it opened at the leads a minus 155 and has faded a little bit but i i like that value a lot the 130 is so enticing um so that's our ankle lock for the week moving up the card we got a lightweight bout i think danny and i slightly disagree on this one but it's leonardo santos first grant dawson and the line on this one is santos plus 165 plus 165 Grant Dawson. Dawson minus one ninety. Yeah. Yeah, I'll kick it off. I'm I'm on Grant Dawson's side. I'm a big fan of his out of Glory MMA. Uh, he's a guy who has really, really been killing himself for his entire career, uh, struggling to make featherweight. And I'm really excited for this fight because it'll be his first fight at one fifty five, where I think he'll be a lot more hydrated, a lot naturally, just bigger. <laughs> He's going to have the cardio advantage because of that. I think he's going to have a speed advantage because he's fighting a 41-year-old Leonardo Santos. And not to disrespect Leonardo, he's on an eight-fight unbeaten streak that dates back all the way to 2013. But he's really only fought once a year for those eight years. He's a guy who's not very active. Um, Dawson being 27 should be more athletic, should be quicker. I do think he'll be stronger. Um, I think he's going to set a fast pace here and just drag Leonardo into deep waters into later rounds that Leonardo doesn't want to be in. Yeah. I, I, the, where I see it differently is, so one thing that I am worried about is the age discrepancy and Santos is extremely inactive, which does bother me. I, I do worry about that. Problem is for me is I've been watching this guy for too damn long and that's the problem is I've slept on him before. I've called his age out before. I've worried about him before, and he always shuts me up. The one I think about the most is that Stevie Ray bout. It was a while ago, um, 2019, I believe. But I remember – I don't remember if he was the dog or not, but I remember Stevie Ray being closer than I would have imagined, and Santos shut him up with a nasty knockout. It was a nasty knockout. I mean, it was vicious. It was vicious. Santos was minus um, 70 going into that. 170. And it was vicious. And you look at some of his earlier bouts. And again, you have to remember five years, not just five years, but from 36 to 41 is crazy. I mean, that's a lot of time to pass, but he was beating guys decisively like Kevin Lee and Anthony Martin and 450 underdog in that Kevin Lee fight, which is, which is not surprising. And, and that's, so that's what I see out of, out of Santos as a guy who I think there's a lot of things that want that make you turn off on him. And when it comes to betting and Grant Dawson, 16 and one, I agree with you. Uh, not only trading out of glory MMA, MMA, I like, but he 
is someone to definitely be feared. I, I think he's a guy who's going to have a great career. I just look at a guy like Leonardo Santos. And I think this is going to be one of those that you look back on and you're like, oh, that loss is fine. You know what I mean? That loss isn't going to disrupt him's career. I think he's going to learn a lot from this, this fight. And for that reason, I think Santos being a plus 165, I think he's lethal enough everywhere where you might get value there. And I don't think it's even a knock on, on Grant. I just think Santos is just that dangerous, even at 41. So we'll see. I, you know, I love my experience. I always love betting the experience because this fight, this fight game is just so and I love my that way. Right. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely taking the dog here if it sees my card, but it also might not because I, I am aware of how dangerous Grant Dawson is. I do like him as a fighter quite a bit. Moving up the card to the main event for the prelims. And, and these prelims start at six o'clock on March 20th. Um, and the main card doesn't start all the way till nine. So it's a later card than usual since the ESPN era. But it's a Marion Renault, the 43-year-old teacher against Macy Chison. Um, And this fight, I, I'm assuming Chison's a massive favorite as usual. Uh, yeah, she's minus 220, Marion Renault plus 180, but Renault's no stranger to being a dog and pulling it off anyways. Curious, Danny, I know it's women MMA, and I know especially it's you like the, the closer to even, but what do you see here? Yeah, obviously with Renault coming off three straight losses at age 43, I'm not very high on her. Macy's going to be younger, faster, stronger. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about is her loss to Lena Landsberg kind of – laid out a blueprint in my opinion for how to beat Macy you put her on her back and you win rounds that was a pretty decisive that was a pretty decisive win as well it wasn't one that was like anyone was sweating I mean Lena Landsberg the elbow queen she was dominating the heavy favorite Chison in that one yeah so I, I that's really the only question mark or red flag on this in terms of backing Chison uh, she's really just struggles against great grapplers. And the question is, if a 43-0 is still a great grappler. And I kind of don't think so. And this one's not going to see my card. Yeah, it's not going to see my card either. I just worry about the, and again, I just harped on it, but the experience factor. And and, and Macy's 29, so it's, it's right around the prime of her career. It's more about how many fights, real, real fights she has. You know what I mean? Especially because the women's division is weak. Um, I mean, all of what, two years ago, she was pretty much brand new and was on the ultimate fighter or three years ago. And she came onto the ultimate fighter with only like one or two fights. And now she has kind of streamlined her way. She did fight Gina Manzani, which is a good win. Sarah Marais, who recently got cut, I believe. And then Shauna, Shauna Young. I mean, that's nothing to write home about. I mean, it's not a bad win, but it's just like, but that's where I'm at is it's like the experience factor. I do worry about, I would be lying if I said I didn't. And for that, I think I'm just going to fold up as a whole and just kind of say, I'm not really going to bet this one or this one won't see my card, but yeah, I, I do like, I do like Macy here. I think that all in all, she probably has a better chance to win, but the line could tell you that much. You don't need to listen to this for that. Um, okay. So that's it for the prelims all in all. I mean, there might be a couple spots there, but that was kind of what I was foreshadowing is I don't love this card. And the main card hopefully is better. I know the top two fights I'm very excited about. So, Kobe, this is the point of the night. The MCC, I hand it over to you. Go over rankings and uh, let's start this bad boy off. I lost my lead and I got passed by two of you guys in the MCC this past week. Oh, tough looks, tough looks. 
Parker. I'm moved, still in last. <laughs> Parker moves into first place. He hit a uh, plus. What was it? Plus three eighty. Ige in the distance. Which great pick. When he picked that, we all were like, "Whoa, that seems like a good number." Whatever. Turns out it was a great number. Parker in first, nineteen point eight three. DK in second, seventeen point nine three. Myself in third with a goose egg last week, 17.23. And Reese bringing up the rear, 15.5. The guy who's most green on the pod is in dead freaking last for MCC. Standard, standard, procedure. standard procedure. I was last last year, too. I was last last year. I was last this year. I just – these games, man. I'm a scrub. I'm a scrub. I'm a scrub. I'm a scrub. I'm finding out that with this game, making picks on every fight, just let him play his card the way it is. That's the moral of the well, story. Right? Well, my no, the biggest problem, the moral of the story is I think for this game, the move is to get cute with it because I take the straight line every single time. I just don't think it's amounting to enough. Like that, for example, the Danny game. I was all over the E game, and 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 Parker just drazzles the in the distance, and boom, I'm I'm effed. I'm effed. It so has. with that, Way so with that, I'm out. So for that reason and that reason alone, I'm out. <laughs> Should be on Shark Tank. All right. So you guys ready to start this one off? Oh, yeah. This goes it. what? Danny, Danny, Kobe, myself? Love yep. it. Bring it up the rear. So we're not doing the heavyweight bout, the tie to Avasa, because we don't have any lines. I actually do have a line. ESPN just oh, you do? Since we started. You guys want to run it? Tie to run Avasa two? minus 210. Harry Hunsucker minus, or plus 175. And I'm not, okay, we not can, five times line. I don't even know where ESPN's getting their lines. Probably William Hill. But, well, the uh, other thing, too, is we can only do that for no, because there's definitely no in the distance and shit like that right, up yet. Right. It'd have to be a straight play. So, what are you thinking? You're the commissioner of this challenge. What are you on? Can I add it or no? What? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. First fight, heavyweight bout. Tied to Ivasa versus Harry Hunsucker. And yes, the man's name is Harry Hunsucker. He did lose a. First round KO, Danny, on the contender series? First round KO and his only contender series opportunity to... Who was that to? It was to Jared Bandera. So you can all see how that aged. Moral of the story, heavyweight bout, tied to Ivasa, Harry Hunsucker. Danny, go ahead. Yeah, if we're not going to get cute with it, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Give me tied to Ivasa and I'll be drinking shoeys on Saturday night. I'm in the same boat. I'm just not going to take Harry short notice. So, tied minus 210. I, too, am taking Tuivasa. That line seemed low to me when you said it. I thought it would be a lot higher. And I also will be drinking Shoeys that night because I always drink Shoeys. And that is what we're talking about. Das Boot. The interesting thing about that number is uh, tied Tuivasa was minus 210. So, that's even more versus Dontel Mays. And Dontel Mays actually has a – um KO victory over Harry Hunsucker. Well, there you go. It, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I won't lie to you there. We might the ESPN might not have updated the line because the ESPN line is minus 210 tied to Abasa. So it could but, just... we're scrapping it. We're scrapping it. Executive decision. Executive decision. Right, I think we scrap it. It's in there. We're playing at minus 210 for the game. Jesus. Okay, my executive decision gets overruled. Moving up the cart, we have a welterweight bout. Kenan Song versus Max Griffin. And that line is all the way up to Max Griffin minus 200, Song plus 170. And so it's, it's seen some movement. It was, I, I've gotten it as low as minus 165, but it's now for, for the 
purpose of the game, it's Max Griffin minus 200, Song Kanan minus plus, or plus 170. Danny, you're up. So I – Max Griffin's a guy who I never know which version of him will show up. He just recently switched camps to Reese's least favorite camp in the world, Team Alpha Male. Uh, but he's actually a guy who I really like in this matchup against Song, who has really always relied on his athleticism to get himself out of any bad situations. He won't be able to do that against Max, who's going to be bigger and stronger. I think I'm going to go with Max. But I actually think that I'm going to play Max by decision. Plus 115. Plus 115. That's exactly my play. You guys suck. You know that? You guys really, really suck. Because that is also my play. But I'm going to go risky with it and change up on the fly. And I'm just going to take Griffin minus 200 and just maybe try to bank some points if he gets the finish. Griffin, for me, is actually going to make my card. You guys are going to see it at a minus 165, and you're going to be like, what the fuck? This guy's cheating. No, I can show I – can, I can prove the ticket. I took it earlier in the week. I like Max Griffin here for multiple reasons. I think the competition level these two have faced is widely – outmatched i think it's not even really close to be honest with you and i also like mike max griffin as far as his knowledge of the game and his ability to if it does hit the cards i think i can rest pretty easily and i think he has a much better chance to finish it no matter where it hits he's a big guy very good wrestler but also a good striker he's a veteran in the sport i'm excited for this one so yeah max griffin is definitely seeing my card i'll just take the minus 200 though and try to pick up a half point or whatever instead of getting cute with it um so next fight is moving up the card we got ooh, danny's excited for this one i'm not as excited a bantamweight bout adrian yanez versus gustavo lopez and yanez not surprisingly is minus 225 gustavo lopez plus 185 yeah lead us off this uh yanez is a super exciting prospect he's coming off of two highlight reel incredible finishes um he sets a crazy pace, very quick, with very powerful hands. Uh, and underratedly, is also a black belt under Saul Solis. The thing about Lopez that makes my pick a little bit weird is that he went 15 full minutes with Marab. And those were 15 minutes where Marab was putting it on him, looking for the finish. At one point, he got him in an arm bar that I was, I was watching with my little sister, thinking like, saying, how the hell is he going to get out of this? And somehow he did. Lopez is a tough, tough mother. And I think I'm going to go, even though he's tough, I'm going Yanez by finish at even money. Inside the distance. Kobe? I'm, I'm seeing if that changes my pick. I don't think it will. I'm going to take Yanez KO plus 115. See, I think those are both terrible bats. So I, I don't dislike Yanez. I think he's a fine prospect. I just think that his recent performances, in my opinion, for what I've seen, has outweighed how good he actually is with these flash KOs. What Danny recently mentioned with that Marab fight is, I think Marab, and I think all you guys agree with me, is 10 times better than um, Gustavo Lopez. Or, yeah, or I mean, Adrian Yanez, sorry. And I think that there's nothing that Adrian's going to throw at him that's going to catch Gustavo Lopez off guard. 
And I actually like Gustavo Lopez here at that line. I'm going to take Gustavo Lopez plus 185. I don't foresee a finish. I'd be shocked, honestly, if there was a finish. That you should uh, you should check out that over under. I think you can get over one point five at minus one forty. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah, I think so. Let me see. Minus one forty five. Yeah, that'll that'll actually most certainly see my card. It'll almost most certainly see my card. I, I that's interesting, especially for their size. I mean, their bantam weights and Giannis. Don't don't kid yourself. He throws hammers. He throws hammers. I'm just telling you, I think that this fight's going to be more of a nitty gritty decision type fight than Yana's coming out here and flash KOing him. And I love you both to death, but I think that that one, when I saw that 115 line on a Yana's KOTKO, I was like, are you shitting on my chest with that one? That one's a tough line to see. I think that's way too low. Not, not the point though. I love the discrepancies in the main event challenge. Maybe I can pick up points from bringing up the caboose. Okay, last last fight that's going to be total guesses, and after this, it's just straight heat. We got a women's strawweight bout. Um, Bize's wife, Ch- Chayanne Bize versus Mon- Montserrat Canejo. And the line there, I definitely drilled that. The line there is uh, Mrs. Bize minus 350, Ruiz plus 290. Yeah, this is one. I oh, it, sorry. The Lions have it as Maserat Ruiz, and the ESPN card has uh, Maserat Conejo, but it's the same person. We'll just go with Montserrat. Montserrat versus Buys, and it's it's Buys minus 350. Yeah, both women are making their UFC debuts. Um, Ruiz on a short notice, having replaced Kay Hansen like a week ago or maybe two weeks ago. Um. For me, our listeners know how I feel about women's MMA. There does seem like there's some value on the dog here. Who's a 10th planet BJJ black belt versus Baze, who's a blue belt on the mat. She's a black belt in Taekwondo, which should probably give her a striking advantage. But I kind of see this as a, like, as a dog fight. And I think that minus 350 for a dog fight is kind of ridiculous. Uh, so I'll take I agree. 90. Uh, damn i had the same right. thought process i'm also on monster at plus 290 oh god i i was in a very similar vein i i saw exactly what danny saw less about the uh grappling versus striking advantage but more from what i saw out of these two women there's definitely it's definitely a narrower gap than shown the line hasn't moved much since open though so vegas has had this right around there the whole time People just don't so, know that confidently. No, no one's seen these women in, in high enough competition to make a sharp play. Yeah, this one's going to be really, really tough to make any sort of play on, especially like to, to try to get cute with it. Um, I guess, I mean, minus 350 is just an absurd play to make. I'll, I'll take uh, over two and a half rounds, minus 250. I think that these two women are going to be hard pressed to finish each other. I think it's going to be a lot slower paced than people think. I'll take the over two and a half in a women's bout all day long. Not to get cute with it, but it's like, I can't take the minus three fifty, and I need to try to pick up points. I, I'm debating whether or not I want to get cute and switch my Ruiz to Ruiz by decision. Make that uh, 290 go to 490. Do it now or forever hold your peace. 490? Fuck it. I'm doing it. I'm also Plus doing four it. Nine, oh, 
Jesus. 490 is huge for that. 490 Ruiz by decision. It's a good bat. It's a good bat. It's a great bat, actually. This see a little pick like that could change the MCC for all eternity. Okay, so moving on. Hopefully, I pick up some freebies there. We got a lightweight bout. It's a co-main event. This one we're all excited for. I was really surprised when Danny drilled this one on set the spread. It took me off guard. It's a co-main event against Gregor Gillespie versus Brad Riddell. Uh, for those who've listened to this podcast, you know that half the pod really likes city kickboxing and Brad Riddell is one of their pupils there. Gregor Gillespie, we haven't seen after a long layoff from a head kick KO from Kevin Lee. If you haven't seen that, I don't know how you found this pod because that thing's been circled everywhere. But it's Gregor Gillespie minus 250, Brad Riddell plus 210. Yeah, I am really excited for this one. We've said a lot in the past, styles make fights. And this is the epitome of that. It is a world-class American wrestler in Gregor Gillespie versus a world-class Muay Thai kickboxer in Brad Riddell. I'm obviously a big fan of both those guys for completely opposite reasons. Gillespie was undefeated at 155, was on a streak that media members were comparing to Khabib with their both their wrestling background, the way they were dominating their opponents until Kevin Lee absolutely took his soul, as Reese mentioned, with one of the most brutal head kicks that you will ever see. Absolutely crazy clean roundhouse. Um, the thing about this one is we've seen these styles match up before, and I do favor the grappler almost every time. And I, as someone who's this skilled at grappling in Gregor Gillespie, unless he has the worst game plan in his head of all time, he's going to be able to get Riddell on his back. City kickboxing is good takedown defense, but it's not some kind of end-all, be-all mystery pill that you're like impervious to being on your back. Gregor Gillespie is one of those people that I don't care who you are, you're going to be on your back if you're fighting him at least once. Um, my pick is weird because I haven't thought of it yet and I'm making it up on the spot. Um, I'm going to go with over two and a half minus one Oh five. And I'm just going to hope for a really awesome fight that lasts as long as possible. That's ballsy. Cause you know, these guys are both looking pressure for, fighters. Looking yeah. to finish. They're looking to finish their pressure fighters. They fight at a very, very high pace. I, I guess. Or no, Kobe, you're up. I'm not giving you any insight. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get real cute with this. Riddell has grinded out four straight decisions. I'm going to call a fifth. Riddell by decision plus 455. Wow. It's a really good bet. I think that if this does hit the cards, though, I don't see how Gregor loses. I think if it hits the cards, it would be by kind of what Danny was saying. Oh, is it stays up? Right. I mean, stay off that. Stay off. Win two rounds. Right. 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 Which I think is easier said than done. Obviously, I do want to take just Gregor straight up. The problem is this line is really steep for a guy as dangerous as Brad Riddell, in my opinion. So I'm going to go uh, Gregor Gillespie, and I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do the one plus one. I'm just going to take Gregor minus 250 and just pick up my freebies because he should he should take this one. Um, and But Riddell's just too dangerous. In my head, the blueprint for beating Gregor is what Kevin Lee laid out. Flash knockout, hit him hard, hit him clean one time. 
he doesn't go down from that one time, you're in for a long night of grind. I mean, that was a – but you got to remember, though, that that was, like, one of the most – one of the best timed slash executed head kicks. Like, Riddell, it's it's not an easy feat to hit Gregor clean. And, you know what I mean? Especially with – he might have cleaned up his game a little bit as far as, like, defensively. I We'll see. Over it's interesting. On that 245 uh, BMF card, right? Yeah, yeah which I think is really important because people underestimate how long you should take off after a big knockout like that, just to keep your chin fresh. You know, the last thing you want is to get jabbed and go out and then you just really ruin your durability for the future. So I'm excited to see Gregor here. I'll just take the free points at minus 250 uh, if I get them. So we'll see. Uh, okay. The, the main event of the evening, boys, the one that, that gets you out of bed in the morning. Main event, middleweight bout, Derek Brunson, a new Derek Brunson, the change Derek Brunson, the blonde Derek Brunson against fighter of the year, Kevin Holland from last year. The line here, no surprisingly, is Kevin Holland minus 170, Derek Brunson plus 150. So that's even grown a little bit from when we set the spread. Um, I know that we told our listeners to buy just a little bit amount uh, at 140. It seems like you can keep holding on. As Reese was saying, this is going to keep steaming with Holland's reputation and Holland's hype. So for me, another great fight stylistically, but especially for Brunson, he opened as the favorite, and I tend to agree with Vegas here. Even though Holland has all the hype, I don't see him as the most dynamic Miss Martial Artist. And I've actually not really been consciously fading him but i think i bet against him in i think two of his last three fights i think i stayed away from the jacare but i was on darren stewart when uh holland took him out and i think i was on uh joaquin buckley well holland so holland didn't take him out remember that was a very controversial split decision that darren stewart thought he won and and darren stewart just got washed last week so or didn't get washed but he was getting in the process of getting washed before and, a no contest. And the other interesting, thank you for, thank you for that. Uh, Cause the other interesting thing about that Darren Stewart fight was Darren Stewart put Holland on his back a bunch of times. Also yeah. Jockery in that first round, put Holland on his back twice. Holland's takedown defense is really his entire defensive grappling is not to be desired. It's a it's sauce. Possibility. It's sauce for sure. And Brunson is a phenomenal wrestler. I know he couldn't get Izzy down, but he is a phenomenal wrestler. Um, but, that, but also that Izzy fight is a different Brunson than we're seeing today. That was pre-camp change. Yeah, you're right. He's now moved to Sanford MMA. He's getting rounds in with Kamaru. He's getting rounds in with Gilbert, two of the best grapplers in the world. And since he moved to Sanford, he is what? 4-0 now? 3-0, 4-0? He's just completely uh, changed his mindset and his and his approach. He's 3-0 since changing, and he's completely changed his mindset in coming. It's a totally different Derek Brunson. Not to keep interrupting you, but it's just one I'm passionate I about. I, I love it because I think we're in agreement here. Derek yeah. Brunson stopped the huge hype train. Um, that one reason I both a lot of money maybe six months ago, and I think he's going to do it again. He's the derailer of hype trains. I'm going with the underdog, Derek Brunson. I'll take the 150, but I kind of want you to just give me like a blank number and I'll get it, whatever it is at fight night. <laughs> I respect that play a lot. Y'all made my pick for me on Monday's set the spread, but 
echoing a lot of what y'all just said, I'm going to take Blonde Brunson plus 150. So I agree with both these guys a lot. I, I, I'm taking Derek Brunson, Derek Brunson, but not in the MCC, but he'll see my card most likely. Um, I just was looking through, maybe thinking about a different way to get a lot of value here. And I found a line that I really, really like. I'm going to take the over two and a half minus one of three here. Reason being, I think that Derek Brunson, even putting the, even putting the work on Edmund Shabazian, he still was hard pressed to finish that one in the main event because I got, I mean, he had him out on his skates, but Derek Brunson is, has a, has a pressing approach for sure. But, you know, he's comfortable taking this to the mat. You know, he's a phenomenal wrestler. That's where his foundation is. He's comfortable striking with Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland is known as this big finisher, but you got to remember, I mean, he's used to going to decisions. He's a long lanky fighter who picks good spots. And I I think two and a half, I I see it going over. I don't, I think saying it's going to go all five is a little bit egregious. I mean, five rounds is a lot of rounds for two, heavy throwing middleweights but two and a half seems beyond reachable and i like that line at minus 103 i'm gonna take the over two and a half minus 103 that is a great line that might see my card yeah because even if kevin holland does pull up the the victory which is not an upset i see it being a later round finish he catches brunson in the third or the fourth or 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 so on i like this week's strategic reese in the mcc he's he's being real strategic with i mean i'm not i'm as, as a wise man once said, I'm not here to take part. I'm here to take over. And so I'm Happy done with this. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patty's. I'm not here to take pot. I'm here to take over. Gentlemen. There's only one. Conor McGregor. There's, only there's no fight to better. Conor McGregor. He's coming so with you. He'll do you in two. Walking in McGregor's wonderland. Just to remind everybody, the last time Danny sang that, Poirier knocked his ass out. <laughs> um, so with that, I think that ends our pod. We're going to be short this week. We were on a time crunch and also not the most desirable card. We'll hit you back next week for not only set the spread, but also the pay-per-view in Ganu v. Stipe, which we're all very excited for. So with that, I guess the only word to say is Poa! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.